All right, what's happening? Name's Andy. This is Water's Edge Church. And we had some technical difficulties today, so I'm just going to give a synopsis of where we were today. We are continuing our series, Footsteps, Rediscovering the Ways of Jesus. And the whole premise is that most of us have heard at some point the words of Jesus, history, notes, the works of Jesus. But for many Christians, we lose the ways of Jesus. So what are the ways of Jesus so that we can follow in his footsteps together? The framework is this idea that the foundation of the ways of Jesus is that we embrace our identity and live within our authority. We find people of peace. We create an extended family and mission, which is what we began discussing today. We make disciples who make disciples. We establish healthy rhythms. And then we live a cross-carrying life. And we're in Luke's gospel. Luke has an orderly account, so it's very helpful as we <clears throat> seek to follow the ways of Jesus. And we said this the, quite a few weeks ago, that the authority that God gives us, one of the primary ways in which we exercise our authority is to hear from God, help others hear from God, and collectively respond together. We exercise our authority by hearing and responding to God and helping others do the same. And that's really the primary purpose of why we gather, is to help one another hear from God. And then respond. Keep us accountable to responding. Alright, so uh, how do we know that's the function of living as an extended family, as a church? Well, Jesus says himself in Luke 8, uh, as he's teaching in the Galilee town of Capernaum and around different areas surrounding Galilee, that his mother and fathers, those who rejected him prior, have come to grab him. They realize he's defying religious convention, and so they come to take hold of him. He's teaching in a room, and the scriptures say in Luke chapter 8, verse 19 to 21, your mother and brothers have come for you. These are people listening to him, saying, hey, they're coming to take hold of you. And he's, Jesus responds, well, who are my mother and brothers? He says, those who hear and respond to God are my mothers and brothers. The main idea today is that the primary purpose of our gathering, of being extended family, is that we help one another hear and respond to God. Those aren't just my words, those are Jesus' words. So as you process, as you listen to this audio, consider what sticks out to you, what's, what's standing out to you. And, and let that be a conversation starter for you and God. Now, as I say a conversation starter, Jesus tells another parable in the same chapter, Luke chapter 8, called the parable of the sower. It should be called the parable of the soils because it describes different soils uh, that essentially inhibit from hearing from God. There's three soils that create barriers to hearing from God, and then there's one soil that is good and noble and produces a hearing, produces a persevering in the midst of conversations that God wants to have with us. And I used a bit of an analogy today just to illustrate hearing from God, because we all long for a word from God. We long for a word from God. And uh, recently we found out that we are moving our location from the chapel in Encinitas on 3rd Street. Uh, and we are moving to uh, the Levenheim Platz, the plaza that's on the northwest corner of Manchester and Encinitas Boulevard. And when I heard that, I felt a, 
I felt consolation, but I also felt a pendulation towards a little bit of blame. Like, oh man, how are we here having to move? We're just finding our rhythm, and now we're in the midst of a daunting and therefore discouraging process. So I needed a word from God. And I think it's helpful for us to use an illustration like that just to kind of help us understand what is the voice in God and hopefully what is not. And before we jump into the parable of the sower, i.e. the parable of the soils, the question I want to ask us is, what do we need to excavate, or even to use the language of the soil, to unearth in our hearts, in our spiritual listening? God speaks mostly to our hearts through our thoughts and feelings and volitions. That's the biblical idea of the heart. What do we need to unearth in our hearts in order to hear from God? And so now I'm going to read the parable of the sower, which is also in Luke chapter 8. Stand by. It says this in Luke chapter 8. Hang with me. Verse 4. While a large crowd was gathering and people were coming to Jesus from town after town, he told this parable. A farmer went out to sow a seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path. It was trampled on and the birds ate it up. Some fell on rocky ground and when it came up, the plants withered because they had no moisture. Other seed fell among thorns, which grew up with it and choked the plants. And still other seed fell on good soil. It came up and yielded a crop a hundred times more than was sown. When he said this, he called out, Whoever has ears to hear, let them hear. His disciples asked him what this parable meant. He said, The knowledge of the secret of the kingdom of God has been given to you, but to others I speak in parables, so that the though seeing they may not see, though hearing they may not understand, which is Isaiah. Jesus then says, This is the meaning of the parable. The seed is the word of God. Those along the path are the ones who hear, and then the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts, so they may not believe and be saved. Those on rocky ground are the ones who receive the word with joy when they hear it, but they have no root. They believe for a while, but in the time of testing they fall away. The seed that fell among the thorns stands for those who hear, but as they go on their way they're choked by life's worries, riches, and pleasures, and they do not mature. But the seed on good soil stands for those with a noble and good heart who hear the word, retain it, and by persevering, produce a crop. That's God's word for us today. Hey, thank you, Jesus, for interpreting your word. So the question again is, what do we need to excavate slash unearth in our hearts within us in order to hear from God? And by the way, we want to help excavate and unearth this in the conversations we have with one another um, as well. So if somebody's sharing what they believe God is saying to them, there may be some things you're hearing that are not from God, and we want to unearth that just as much as we want to unearth what God may be saying to us in real time. So the first thing, what's the first thing? Well, we need to unearth the enemy's voice of shame and blame. Uh, without reading the scripture again, Jesus talks about a path uh, where birds come up and eat the seeds. And then he says very clearly, that's the enemy who steals uh, the word of God and we don't believe. And all of us would agree that we all are a bit monkey-minded in our society. 
But outside of ourselves, there are two voices in our world that are trying to get our attention. One is the voice of God, who promises everything we need and is ultimately for us. Then there's another who's the enemy, who promises everything we want, but ultimately is always against us, who is working towards our downfall. And when we process what God's saying to us, shame and blame can come up. You heard it come up for me with the venue change for Sundays. But the truth is, God, whenever God speaks, and we had a great breakout on this at our retreat a few weeks ago, Ryan and Laura Moore shared this, that whenever God speaks, his primary focus, his primary means to communicate is intimacy, that God wants to speak love into our lives. Any healing, any calling, any growth, any work that God wants to do in and through us, any edification on behalf of others, always is communicated through the medium of his loving uh, call in our lives, his love for our lives, his love for us. So when we process what God may be saying to us, even as you hear what I'm saying and maybe considering something that is sticking out or standing out to you, the question is, is what I'm processing, is the word that I sense from God, any word or phrase, any thought, anything sticking out, is it bringing me closer to God? Or is it making me want to go further away from God? Our God is the God. Our God is not the God who knocks people upside their head. Our God doesn't need to whop us. Our God is the one who loves us and wants us to walk with Him in love, with His arm over ours. I believe that with everything I got, Lord Jesus. And when we were illustrating this point, we were talking a lot, and I can't replicate it over this podcast, but I will say. That when we come to faith, a lot of us hear a word from God. It's not about our work, not about our sinner's prayer. It's about God's invitation. God saying, I see your life. I receive you fully and freely. You may think you're wrong. You may think you're right. Either way, you're mine. Come home, you know. That's the cross. That's the life of Jesus. Calling us home. The cross being the means to come home. This crucified Savior dying for us, rising for us, giving the gift of the Spirit who speaks to us so that we could walk in step with the Spirit. And so many times people come to faith, but then just stop there and don't want to continue to hear from God. Maybe that's the enemy. Maybe that's their own self-assurance. And I don't want to talk about who's in and who's not, but God has designed us. He saved us for a purpose, on purpose, so that we could walk with Him attentive to his promptings, responsive to his words. So with the building and the venue change, I came before God and said, all right, Lord, you gotta search me, know my anxious thoughts. Let me know if there's any offensive ways in me. I know you'll let me know because you love me and you're for me. And let's walk together. And I just sense the Lord saying, let's walk. Let's walk together. A lot of times in life we wanna ask why the more helpful question is what? What is the next step that we have, God? Amen? What do we need to unearth in our hearts in order to hear from God more fully? The first one, the enemy's voice of Shane, unearth that so we can hear God's love. The second one is this false promise that there will be no pain. There will be no pain. Jesus talks in the parable in Luke chapter 8, verse 13, that there's this shallow soil. 
<clears throat> and there's no roots so that when the time of testing comes the plant falls away and without getting to a large conversation about pain and causality we know that we live in a broken world we know that we have a crucified messiah we know jesus called us to call, take up our cross in the brokenness as well as jesus said in this world we'll have trouble but he's taken but take heart he's overcome this world so there are really two options for this world when we consider the worldview of christianity and really life in general because christianity is the view of the world whether you believe or not and it's this option it's one we can suffer alone or two we can suffer with god and others those are the two options suffering on your own or suffering with God and others. And if you look at that idea of suffering with God and others, the word compassion is the Latin com, Latin, not Latin, Latin com and passio, with and suffering. Compassion is suffering with others. And I keep talking about this venue change. I think it's helpful just because we're in the midst of change. It's not a huge trial. There are greater trials in life. There's greater difficulties illnesses, deaths, relational fallouts, financial woes, injuries, cancers, etc. But in this conversation with the leadership team, I just sensed like I shared it with them after I processed myself and discerned the Father's voice. And they said, yeah, this is going to be hard, but we're in it. Let's keep moving together. And to be honest, that sounded like God. We all admitted it would be hard and we all were open to maybe the ways in which God wants to change our community in and through this. But we want to move forward in the midst of the difficulty. And I think if you want to ask another question as you process what God may or may not be saying to you, another question beyond the notion that, hey, is this bringing me closer to God or further from God? Another question beyond that question is, will this be hard? And if it is hard, will there still be a hope? Is there a hope in it? Because God leads us into difficult places. He leads us through the valleys, but God is with us. God is with us in the difficulty, in the pain. There's not no pain, there will be pain, but God is with us in the midst of it. What do we need to unearth in our hearts in order to hear from God more fully? We need to unearth the enemy's voice, replace it with God's voice. We need to unearth the false promise of no pain and replace it with hope. Again, the last thing we need to unearth in our hearts, and there's much more, but as the passage illustrates, is the noise of our comfort and securities. We need to unearth the noise of our own comfort and securities. Jesus talks about these weeds that choke the plant, the seed, which is the word of God. And they're the comforts and the pleasures of this world that make our faith and our following of Jesus extremely shallow, questionably too shallow. And what I would say about that is we need to unearth and excavate all those things, all those securities, all those ponderings of whether we have enough, will be enough, our kids have enough. It's an important conversation, but typically enough is too much. 
we need to live more minimally. And I know that's been a big topic these last couple years with Marie Kondo and the architectural design of minimalism. Christian minimalism is this, having less so that we can be with others more. Having less so we can be for others more. We minimalize in order to create more space for others. And as we think about this building, I think of Casey Faulkner, Matt Faulkner, their kids, Ivy and Clayton. Casey was somebody I reached out to when we had a venue change because I was like, hey, I've been thinking about something. And she told me in the same vein, hey, I've been thinking about something. And we both came to this mutual conclusion that there's a preschool that she's been working alongside that could be a really good space for us. It's on the northwest corner of Manchester and Encinas Boulevard and a spot that seems good to the soul, a little bit distant from where we've been. Uh, seems to be the Lord's leading without a doubt. And uh, one thing I can tell you about Casey and Matt and their family is, as Jesus says, they have good and noble hearts, really good and noble hearts. They live with the holy discontent that all the winds of this world fall short of the beauty of the kingdom. They want to live for the kingdom of God. And by doing so, they want to create less barriers. They want to unearth different arenas in their life so that they can live for God. And so I'm so thankful to partner with them in this church as we move into another venue by the grace of God. I just sense through the leadership team, my own process, and through the obvious partnership that God continues to put in front of us, that let's keep going. So it's helpful to know that as we process together, and my prayer for you this week is that you would create space for others to help them hear from God and also feel, feel what God's put on your heart or to process what God's put on your heart. To do so by unearthing the enemy's voice and replacing it with God's love. Does this sound like the loving father? By helping people understand that, yeah, it'll be hard. It's not about ease, but there's always going to be hope. That's who God is. Then finally, help people discern that if their process is bringing them to others, then that is the heart of God. He's always going to have us lean towards others. Yes, there's seasons of rest, but there's also seasons to serve. All right, that's a bit of the message. There's more I could say. May God bless you today. And know this, we love you, and we'll see you soon.